Well, hello again. Welcome to Pain Nest Universal, a conversation with me and Welsh. Today's guest is someone I've been blown away by. Her name is Alia. I was on her Instagram page and I saw the amazing work she's doing, for students especially. She's only 17 and I was determined to reach out to her to understand how she's using her new platform to overcome pains of students. Meet Alia. Welcome everyone to Painless Universal again and I have the gorgeous Alia here with me. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm wonderful. Now, doing well. Um, I had to reach out to you because I saw your page and I was truly, truly blown away. I was thinking to myself, how can such a young girl be, be so spoken and know what exactly needs to be changed in a system to get things working again? I'm so grateful you joined me on this platform. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I would just like you to kind of introduce yourself. So, um, you know, for people who haven't heard about you, uh, about your work, to know a little bit about you, then we're going to dive in into what exactly, why you, you know, your creativity behind that bit first. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Alia. I am 17 years old and based in East London. Currently in sixth form, so trying to doing my A-levels at the moment. I'm doing politics, sociology and geography. Um, and yeah, it's intense, but absolutely love it. Subjects that are like completely me written all over it. So that's good. But on the other side of that, beyond school, I'm running my own campaign, Pupil Power, which I started just after finishing my GCSEs um, last year, summer. It's not even been a year, it's crazy. And essentially, People Power is trying to educate and engage as many young people across the country in educational policy that affects them and their experience of school. So right now, actually, um, I believe that young people more than ever have opened up their eyes to how educational policy directly impacts them through COVID-19 causing school closures, cancellation of exams, that's directly policy that's impacting young people and their experience of school. So we're having to like navigate ourselves and our learning at home now and doing things virtually. And, you know, I'm in year 12, so I'm trying to do UCAS and personal statements, but not have like the one-to-one -one support that I expected to have. Um, so yeah, it's weird, but also quite exciting in a bittersweet way because we can get engaged with so many more young people because they're at home and because they're frustrated and feel like after COVID, post-COVID, it's definitely a time for change and hmm. a whole new, a whole new wave of wow. vessel, yeah. yeah. No, 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 this is absolutely fascinating. I can't believe a young girl like you doing her GCSE. So when did you realise that people power um, needed to be, needed to come about? This, this whole idea, where did you get the concept from? Um, so it's quite it's a funny story in the sense that after my GCSEs, I was just, you have that long summer holiday, so you have from yeah. June all the way to September. Yeah. Um, and initially when you get off, it's like a transition period of not being in school and constantly revising and now having all this free time. So I went online and went like to find like on Eventbrite, like a free event that I could like just go to. And um, I found um, the NEU, which is the National Education Union, they were having a conference and in the description it was like um, Jeremy Corbyn's going to be there delivering a speech and all these fancy politicians that were 
um, announced to be there. So I was like, oh, okay, this sounds a bit interesting. I want to do politics next year. Um, this might be interesting. And then, yeah, I've turned up. But in terms of the process of me attending the event and registering, I had to be a politician, a counsellor or a member of staff, like a teacher. And I didn't fit any of those categories. So I think I just made up. I thought I said I was a politician. Yeah. Registered myself anyway and literally made made myself a space that I wasn't allowed in and made myself a space that didn't already exist for young people that were interested in that sort of thing. Mm. So yeah, I just turned up and then regretted it instantly as soon as I walked through the massive doors of Westminster, literally people in suits, adults everywhere walking and I stood out, like I'm really tiny as well, so I stood out and um, I was like, okay, I need to go home, gonna get in trouble, I need to go home, gonna get in trouble. I stayed put anyway and sat on this table and acted like I meant to be there and then introduced myself and said, I'm Aaliyah, I'm 16 years old and I just wanna learn more about school cuts and educational inequality and then we're like okay cool and as I looked around the room there was literally so many adults and I was the only young person there um and that's what prompted me to start people power in the sense of young people have the power to make the change that they want to make if they have the resources and the knowledge to do so so after I left that event the event I tried to express and tell all sort of stories and things that I heard to my peers so that they could join me on the mission of creating the change <laughs> Well, that's a wonderful story, and I think sometimes it's just that by doing your little bold moves that that things that get you, you know, gets you really uncomfortable. But that's the only way your voice can be heard is by doing that little bold move, and that is so bravery of you that you actually went ahead. <laughs> then all of us got on the train by myself. I was so nervous. I was going to ask one of my friends, but it was like one of those things that they were just not interested in. Mm. Like, I'm not going to stop myself from from going just because you yeah. know. Yeah. Scared to be alone, but yeah. So People Power um, is an established, is what, is, what is it? Is it like a charity organisation or is it like a, a platform where people could get engaged? You know, what, what, what would you describe? So it's, I call it a campaign, but more so a movement. So a campaign to me is very much like, it's mm. quite stationary and it's, this is what we do. A movement is something that's progressive and long lasting. And I've been getting support in terms of thinking about legal structures, possibly creating it into like a community interest company and things like that but at the moment we're very much grassroots um on the ground trying to engage with young people and deliver an action I feel like even though that's something I want to do to ensure that it's sustainable mm. it will definitely take away from the work I'm doing in the sense I'll have all this admin and annual reports and all of this stuff that like all the amazing adults are telling me like Leah be careful this is what's going to come your way yeah. so yeah, we are kind of an incorporate, unincorporated organisation in that sense, but yeah, very much grassroots on the ground level. So, it's, so you're the main, you're the founder of this um, corporation and um, social movement. I mean, um, I think so. What you do, you gather students together, all of them, and they, you guys, do you have meetings or? Yes, <laughs> it's it's interesting because again, yeah, I started it and then it was very much like local, so trying to get the young people. I knew some of my friends, um, some of my friends from outside my school involved. So we did little things like little shoots where we um, interviewed each other and told each other about our experiences in school cuts, for example. Um, and yeah, it was very much locally based. And then it kind of grew with social media. And then again, throughout COVID, it's just completely grew in a sense of now we've got over 100 people that joined us on um, a like an online event um, that we created and from there more people wanted to get involved and we have like 80 people um, who are technically a part of the team so like every Saturday we meet and we plan our actions and it's like 
the momentum is like crazy and the energy is like through the roof so yeah people all over the UK right now um young people who are still in school and want to get involved as much as possible so what would you like to achieve from doing this what would be your key aim um I love that question <laughs> I know because I, I know I started a movement I, I didn't really start one but I, I joined an organization because of my uh, chronic illness so my goal was to get more people understanding what my chronic illness was which was sickle cell anemia so I wanted more people to understand it and I was tired of the excuses that was given at the in hospitals or we don't know what sickle cell you know everyone just had an excuse and I thought this is enough let me join this organization because I was fighting and go make my voice heard and make that sad there. And I was really happy I did that because I got to go to Parliament and hear their voice and hear my views as well, speak to various people. And also as a person, patient, it made, it made a lot of difference because I could also speak from my own personal experience. And so yours is also very helpful because I think as being a student as well, doing your A-levels right now, you could also speak for um, the, uh, your own personal thing, but what do you really want to achieve from this? I want a complete like education reform. Like I just do not feel as if, I don't feel confident enough that the education system and the structure that we have already is fit for purpose. Mm -hmm. There are so many different flaws from, you know, like there's other movements right now, I think as well, that I'm trying to connect with that are also on the same similar mission of trying to create an education reform um, and that can be so for example I do a lot of work with um, an organisation called No More Exclusions and they advocate for completely abolishing exclusions for example. There's such a radical thought of like in our heads we, we know exclusions to be something that has always been within schools, we can't imagine school without exclusions, what happens to the naughty students and whatever but actually when you learn about how da damaging that is, for example, and you know, there's alternatives that we can have, and things like that, and systematic issues that are that are, that are just causing such like injustices. It's just yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I just feel like we almost need to like wake up one morning, absolutely scrap it, and start all over again. And for some people, even possibly even teachers and students, such an uncomfortable thought because it's just like that's too much work. How can that ever happen? and you just overthink it too much when actually like you I almost think you can't almost like paint over cracks in a sense of trying yeah. to come up with new policies and things and it's just we need to completely start over again and I feel like my work with people power and the one thing that I personally want to advocate for and challenge other people to think is like have this imagination that is so big that allows them to reimagine the education system like and the endless possibilities of what it can be and that's such a again it sounds quite it's not like a what's the word like a specific mm -hmm. kind of thing that I want to achieve but I think that's such a big ask to yeah. allow one student to completely reimagine what the endless possibilities can be and then together creating that so whether it's small by small like small steps small policies and leading up to something big I just feel like yeah things need to change on a systematic level and also individually as well. What uh, fascinated me, I went, to, I went to your page, your Instagram page, and one of the things I saw was about the test book. Um, one of the posts post you put there was something about one test book for so many students. So what, what, would you, what would you guys be implying by that? Yeah, so that was when we were, that was right at the beginning of the campaign when we were focusing on school parts. And um, that was actually one of my good friends, Amelie. She was saying about how in her school they had 
one textbook for 30 other children that were in the class for her GCC science lesson. Mm. So imagine being in the class, classroom, being given work and there's one textbook. I Yeah, it just blows my mind and you're all physically like, like it's not even possible for 30 yeah. children to be looking from one textbook. Mm. And that just emphasises kind of like the inequalities within education in the sense of how money's distributed and how funding comes through and how schools in some not all the time because you can find schools that are in the private areas who do get um, a good amount of funding but it's yeah inadequate funding within schools um yeah. creating a lack of resources mm. and a lack of opportunities for students and the books and the textbooks being one of the the issues in that instance okay. um, and there's other issues such as like school buildings literally being destroyed and infrastructure falling apart and then yeah. schools not being able to afford to pay for that which is yeah. why i to be honest so when you go on to university for example what next what's going to happen to social media is this social media just the uh, movement just for um secondary school or would you take it on to university stage definitely that's a question that i actually got asked recently actually and it's interesting because yeah i'm will be going to university yeah. and then i'm sure when i go on to university i'll be realizing issues that are within you know further education oh. and that institution exactly so it's something that kind of grows with me. It started when I was in um, secondary school and then now sixth form. And I think that's quite um, a unique thing in a sense that I'm like building a community as I'm growing up as well. So even though I'm in sixth form, we've got so many young people that are in secondary school. Yeah. So hopefully even when I get up to university level, we'll still have that follow through and like triple effect of younger students and also older students. And then when I become an actual adult and I'm outside of university, we'll have this community of different levels of institutions and we'll all be leading it yeah. so that's quite exciting in that sense. that's exciting and anyone who wants to join the movement is it just for younger uh, younger your age range the teenagers uh, if myself for example if i wanted to join you guys and no yeah it's not kids so, my son is 10 he might <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah no exactly. Yeah. we always say mm. it's like a student-led movement but by that we literally mean mm. look you have you you see a lot of like organizations that are run by adults and they always feel yeah. like student-led but then it's not actually so decisions are always passed through them and things like that so even again when i am an adult and i want this to be something that's so long term yeah. i still want to be involved but i want the young people to be the ones that are actually you know changing things and making the decisions and letting things go through yeah. so even events that we organize we like we have support from adults because we need the support from adults you know we haven't got all the resources and all the knowledge and everything like that so we do need adult support as well so there's other organizations or other individual adults as well that will either sponsor us for things or give us advice or lend us a space or you know so people can support in literally any way possible and one thing i always ask people whether they're an adult or a child is what's your greatest strength like what can you kind of bring to the table for, for this to be like a a unity, a unity sort of movement and all yeah. in one. Okay, no, because this yeah. is this idea and education has always been my biggest passion because I believe um, true education, you find your strength and it, especially if the system is fair. You only do better, you do if you do well when the system is fair and, it, and sometimes it takes, it takes pain to go to, to go through change. Um, mm -hmm. As we're doing through, um, going through the COVID-19 and almost being, um, you know, quarantine time we're still we're still at home we won't say pretty much yeah. school how are you dealing with it as a teenager how how are you handling this whole thing i would say a lot better than expected i think initially it was just a shock of it 
Mm. I didn't even, honestly, just the idea of schools closing and us actually going into this thing called lockdown was like, oh, it's never going to happen. Mm. Um, and then it happened so fast, like school closed, lockdown, and it just, it was, I couldn't really have time to process it. So, yeah, I mean, again, the fact that you're with family and I experience, I'm experiencing it with family, I think that definitely made it easier because we're all going through it. Mm. Um, and now it's strange because it's just a routine. I wake up, eat my breakfast, have a shower, literally get ready as if like I'm starting my day and then do my work. And if it's not, if I had just come back from half term. So when it was not, when I was in half term, it was like my Zoom calls, my people power meetings and everything like that. And now it's like back to the full routine. So I would say, yeah, I'm definitely navigating it, but it's going to be so weird when we have to go back to this idea of normal. And what would you do differently? I have to adjust again. And what would I do differently? Oh, yeah. wow, so much. That's another thing. It's like, I don't want to go back to normal. I think there's only, I don't think that's even possible. I think yes. it's either you go back to the worst or we go back to an even better because I think COVID has caused a lot of kind of challenges and issues already. Um, what I would do differently is I think slow down. I think everyone's saying that. I just think either London or the world, we just move so fast, like yes. too, too fast. And again like I'd be in school and then I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I never give myself the time to like just pause for a second mm. so when lockdown initially happened and everything was completely stopped it was like whoa this is so weird you've got all this time on your hand started playing the piano again and like started doing all this stuff that I would never tell myself I had time for mm. but what I'm starting to do is like reword what I say and how I say things to myself so not that I don't have time for it but it's not my priority and mm. when I say like I don't have this is not my top priority mm. it sounds I can identify whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing so for example I don't have time to talk to my friend I, it's not my priority to talk to my friends oh no that's not a good thing I should prioritize and then you just switch that language um so yeah I would definitely say that was something I'll do differently because uh, for me, I learned that it's so important to take time out for myself because before I was always so go, 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 never take, never stop it. And even the, even when I do exercise, I, I would say today, start the exercise tomorrow, stop, mm -hmm. never consistent. But now I feel like this is my time. I'm just taking it for myself to go do the exercise. I promise mm -hmm. myself I'll keep doing it. So I think it's quite important. And I, I'm so glad I also spent more time with family, got to know them, got to know the works they do, which is very um, interesting to go back to that school life again. But to come back to you, I want to congratulate you for being nominated for the National Diversity Award. Thank it, you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when that, um, what, what, needs to happen for that or when the award announcement will be, um, will be announced. Is there a place where people could go to keep voting for you? Is there anything we could do like that? That Because I want course, people yeah. that who are watching this to go out there and support you and vote Thank for you. you. <laughs> I, I was really impressed to see that and you know at such a young age to be nominated um, you know, by two prestigious papers, I think is really, really good. So what can we do to Thank support? Thank you. <laughs> so um, the deadline for voting is the 8th of June, so quite soon. And you can just vote by either going onto the National Diversity Awards website and typing in Aaliyah York or directly to my personal um, Instagram, where the link will just be in my bio. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you just have to vote, say why you're voting and then submit it and confirm in your emails. A lot of people aren't confirming their emails for wow. its account. But yeah, 
that's that's simply it thank you okay um i would definitely add this i'm trying to get this video out for to um as soon as possible because i really i really believe in you i saw your page i saw what you're doing the social movement and i wish i had the courage at your age to start a movement like this because thank I think you. it's movement like this that really make a difference and you know I'll make sure as many people as I know get to listen and also be participative wherever you feel possible. And count me in. Um, Amazing. Yeah, count me in. I'm definitely part of this because I'm always I'm all about the youth. Um, my goal mm -hmm. is to people said this platform. What is it for? I'm like it's not just for the people who are in government. It's not for the people who are famous. It's not just mm -hmm. for it's not just for those guys. It's for the up and coming younger generation, people who um, not naturally you will never get a voice, you always get just a one off voices, but there's so many people like you who should be heard and because your actions speak louder because you're going through it. There's nothing more and there's nothing that makes changes like the people who are actually going through it. Is there okay. any final word of anybody dealing with pain in school? Because you know, this is all about overcoming pain. A lot mm -hmm. of people are dealing with challenges in schools right now. What would your movement do to help those people to overcome these things? What would you guys do? Like there might be inequalities in schools, such as the teacher not recognizing their talent. Um, there might be inequalities that they there are too many in the classroom and they just don't know, can't get their voices heard because they're shy or people are being bullied. What would you yeah. say as a as a spokesperson, a leader in this thing in people in people's power? What would you have to encourage these people to go through? How would you? My my biggest thing is acknowledging that your voice and your stories like carries weight and it has so much power. I was speaking with um I was speaking with someone before um another young person literally my age, mm. and we were create we were creating like action plans and one of their actions were to go on social media and say what their experience was and they were like oh it's just a small action and I was like hold up a second no that's not small at all like sharing your story sharing your voice is such a big thing and it does take courage so definitely don't feel as if like it's something easy to happen but when you do you know convey how you feel or convey your story or your experience mm -hmm. it's so powerful so if you are going through pain if you are going through something within school um, specifically to speak to someone or if you don't feel like you can speak to someone using the people power network and the people power platform to voice that it's all about our stories it's all about our experiences that's at the center of everything that we're doing so so can i send you a message for that example a hundred percent a hundred percent get messages all the time about all different things even if you have an idea for example that, that you want to lead yourself or lead with people power and you just want help navigating it like you can always reach out to mm. us on instagram or on twitter um or email us and we're currently getting a website developed so yeah hopefully communication can be made a lot easier but just seeing the kind of the communities that are out there and organizations that are out there and things that you can get involved in um and just not sitting back and thinking that this is normal and this is what i have to live through and it's just expected to be that's another thing within school a lot of young people feel like you know the injustices and the things that go, go wrong and the flaws within the education system is just reality and they can't do anything about it and that's what will maintain that if we keep believing that it is what it is when actually you need to get up like you said yourself you need to get uncomfortable in order to be comfortable in the long term um, and for other generations to be comfortable so definitely speaking up which is not an easy thing to do at all but well 
final message of hope. I really loved um, talking to you. I love your final love speaking to you as well. Thank you. It was so insp inspiring for me as well. And I'm sure my son will be listening to this as well. He'll be he's 10 and he's, he'll be inspired by what you've just said. And I hope to meet you once this whole COVID is much <laughs> over. I'm definitely, definitely. going to your friends and we'll, we'll definitely help you out wherever I can. Thank amazing you. thank you so much for having me yes and enjoy your afternoon whatever you're doing you enjoy too. your afternoon and take it easy and enjoy the process of COVID-19 the new world our new world really. literally we're not going to get it again hopefully not anyway <laughs> no it's going to be a strange no. time but yeah <laughs> thank amazing. you thank you so much thank you so much and I look forward to speaking to you soon bye bye, bye.